This, the Chad and Cheese podcast brought to you in partnership with TA Tech. TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Visit tatech.org. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Uh, today we're doing kind of a special deep dive into uh, a, a, a variety of topics, and our special guest uh, today is Susan Vitali of ISEMS, Yay! popular ATS provider. Susan, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. And I got to say, I've heard that intro music many times before, but hearing it when you're a guest just makes it a little more special. Little special. It does, right? It's like <laughs> hearing Springsteen live. We'll do kind of a Jersey <laughs> theme today, since ISEMS is in New Jersey. And yeah, the annoying laugh is my my cohort Chad. Chad, how you doing? Well, hello. Hello. Excellent. All right. Uh, ISIMS did a survey recently where they talked about at least three main things. Uh, we'll probably dive into other topics as well. Um, so Susan has a safe word. If Chad and I hear it, we will switch topics immediately. <laughs> so if that happens, you know why. Bridgegate. Um, yeah, Bridgegate, Chris Christie, Springsteen. Yeah, something. Well, she'll say something, and we'll change topics. Um, <laughs> what what topic? Speaking of topics, which one do we want to start with? Come on, Jersey. You're supposed to have attitude and spunk. <laughs> Sorry, I think um, I think we should start off talking a little bit about the the branding and the referral side of things. Okay, cool. So what did you find in your report? We found that uh, in some respects it's no surprise, but I think the numbers were the surprising piece here, uh, that employee referrals, uh, excuse me, employee reviews actually matter tremendously to working Americans, uh, and actually about half have actually declined a job offer primarily because of the negative online employer half? reviews out there. Yeah, 47%. That's, that's millennials, right? 47% of millennials, uh, nearly one in three full-time working Ooh. Americans. Yes. And it's like 92% look at reviews before applying to a job or part of their job uh, process. Yeah. About 90% of uh, working Americans consider the online employer reviews to be accurate, too. So it's not just like they're going out oh. there and taking it with a grain of salt. They feel like these are pretty legit. Yeah. No. It, so it's safe to say that transparency is not going anywhere. No, it is not, and uh, I'm pretty happy about that, given it's one of the core competencies at ISIMS. Uh, we hire quite a bit, so we think it's really important. Uh, but I think, you know, we talk about one in three full-time working Americans, about half of millennials, um, but actually more workers in management positions versus non-management positions have declined a job offer for the reviews themselves. So this is not just a generational thing. Do you have any sense for how many people don't even apply to a job because of bad reviews? We do. Um, hold on, let me. That's okay. <laughs> Research. Because so my my point is like for so long with reviews, 
employers that I talk to have historically put their head in the yeah. sand, right? You know, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. If my CEO doesn't bring it up, then it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's just sort of anecdotal and sort of ignorant, right? And the fact that you guys are actually putting metrics around uh, what reviews mean, like it's going to start building sort of context and importance around, holy crap, we should actually care about what our reviews are because if we're actually losing out on people because they're not even applying to our job. Let I mean, forget the fact that we're interviewing and then and then they're going to Indeed, Glassdoor, Kanunu, or any of the other dozen review sites out there. Um, this is a real impact on recruiting, right? right. Okay, so real quick, and let's dive into that, but there's a much larger impact because these people are consumers as well. So if I actually bought products from this company and then I want to go and I want to work there and I go take a look at some of the reviews that the employees have put in, I mean, that could prospectively turn me off as a, as a consumer. So this isn't just losing bat, I mean, great talent, which is obviously you know, a, a, a big issue, but it's also lose, losing prospective revenue. I mean, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that that piece is not just tied to the employer reviews. So we've seen uh, certainly some stats outside of this research that showed that consumers were far less likely to purchase products from a hiring organization if they did not have a good or positive candidate experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly employee reviews are a part of that. But that's also anything from is it a mobile friendly apply process? Um, is it a miserably long apply process? Uh, is it 508 compliant? Uh, when we talk about candidate experience, it's far more than sort of, is it a sexy, flashy, pretty career site? There's a much more holistic view of candidate experience that can absolutely hurt top line revenue. Right. right. Do you have examples of any companies that are doing a really good job through that process? We do. Um, it really depends on which component we look at. To be honest, I don't think anyone is, is completely nailing it. But when we look at a couple of examples, um, Advantage Solutions is a client of ours who does a really nice job of making the process really short and to the point. Uh, they ask just a couple of questions and then they do a lot of drip follow-ups. Um, another client of iSIMS, Coming Corporation, does a really nice job of uh, being really transparent. Uh, there's that word again, throughout the entire process, letting candidates know what the workflow looks like, what those stages look like. Uh, two of those clients uh, come to mind right off the top of my head. So from in some cases, what I've been able to see, and I'm sure what you've seen over the years, is that on the surface, you see all these companies who are using new technologies or new recruiting market, recruitment marketing platforms to be able to make the first layer of engagement really sexy and really, really awesome. But then you get into the actual application process and the interviewing process, and then it all goes to hell because the process exactly it all falls horrible. apart. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And they're using... 1990s, early 2000s process methodologies, and they're jamming those methodologies into the advanced technologies. Yeah, I think the process is dated, and many times, quite frankly, the technology is dated, um, that they might use something from an ERP or an HCM module that was thrown in as part of a larger larger package. Maybe they try and put something pretty uh, as a wrapper around it, but it's, it's a really superficial lay on uh, and it's not necessarily solving the true problem around candidate experience. So jumping around a little bit, but let's jump back to uh, employer brand. Those are some pretty telling numbers. 
um, with regard to 50% of people won't even, I mean, they won't even go through with the application. Um, what else, what else do you have in that, in that segment that just pops out at you? Well, I think also I want to hear some generation Z data. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We said that for the first time on our show this week. Generation Z. Well, I'm a, I forgot what the term is for those that are like in that bucket of millennials that are a little too old to be millennials. I, do you know how many posts I saw of people in my peer group that were circulating that because they felt so special to be called not a millennial but not Gen X? And uh, <laughs> oh. I'm like, this is the problem, you guys. You can, t- you can tell you're a Gen Xer when you actually are genuinely pissed at those kinds of discussions. <laughs> <laughs> we're just angry yeah, about so everything. Yeah, Gen Z, but yeah. well, that's that's part of the style, right? <laughs> So what do you see? What uh, what do you see, or what do you, what do you recommend for companies in terms of improving improving employment brand? You know, we have crappy reviews, or we have some some reviews that are negative. Um, companies that come to you about that issue, what do you what are you sort of advising them or telling them at this point? Well, while iSIMS doesn't necessarily offer technology to support with uh, employee reviews particularly, we do partner with a number of companies that help in that area. Uh, the first is to actually pay attention and curate them. Um, you mentioned earlier that some people don't really care, out of sight, out of mind, but actually a lot of the organizations I speak with, the CEOs are all over employer review sites. Um, they get the notifications, it makes them have a good day or a bad day, uh, and that's something that I would strongly encourage people to, to curate. Um, but also, you know, take a minute before responding to some of them because they can be a bit personal um, and, and it's hard to not take them personally. Um, but obviously responding to them and having employer accounts on some of those sites I think is, is important so that you can have a voice in the discussion. Um, if there are reviews worth noting, absolutely include them on the career site. Um, having these different disparate destinations, I think can be a pretty crappy candidate experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if someone's able to connect directly between Google and the career site and see reviews and not have a bunch of middlemen, I think that's a a fantastic step in the right direction. Do you think that they should show the negatives as much as the positives or do you recommend only the positives? I don't recommend just the positives. I think that's that's BS. Um, But I do think that there are certainly some negative reviews that you can tell are not not really the right ones to share. So as an example, um, some people might complain uh, about our organization that we're changing all the time. Um, and that is a very valid concern for a lot of employees or prospects. Uh, but for others, that's, that's part of the gig. So I would absolutely share that one. I think it shows the kind of environment you're going to walk into. Um, but other ones that are a little bit more personal or clearly it's it's a, a one-off, I don't necessarily think you need to broadcast. Yeah, I think the first How one important. talks about transparency. And you want to be transparent about the change and what to be ready for before you actually hit the ground. I think it's it's really funny that the, the very first thing that, that, that you said was uh, company – I mean, companies, talent acquisition, they need to pay attention. So how many – companies i guess i would say that you interact with percentage wise just kind of you know throwing a number out there would you say aren't really paying attention and they just really don't care they just kind of think it'll go away at least half wow (laughs) yeah i really do i think they would blame it on things like we don't have the team to do that we don't have the time to do that or the resource um but the reality is i think some of them just don't want to know um 
and because then I guess you have is, to take action. I guess is they would they wouldn't care, but it's that CEO that you mentioned that goes into the office and says, "Have you guys seen this stuff?" And if it wasn't for the CEOs, a lot a lot more companies I think would not look yeah. or care about their reviews. Well, and once it's, oh yeah, it's polarizing. Yeah, well, and once it starts to impact the bottom line. I mean, that, again, we're talking about customers, and we don't look at candidates as customers. I just wish we'd stop calling them candidates and just start calling them customers so that we treat them better. Um, because at the end of the day, whether you're a consumer brand or not, I mean, there's an impact on your brand, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I forgot who mentioned this uh, at a conference maybe two years ago. Someone was, was talking about this very thing and had said, we struggle to... Uh, disposition our candidates and say, I'm sorry, you're not good enough to work here, but you are good enough to buy our crap. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a really interesting way of like, yeah, how do you balance that? Um, yeah. But that's really how we should all be looking at it. Certainly if you're in a consumer facing world more than anyone else. Yeah, no question. Susan, how, impo- how important is the sort of corporate site for branding versus exterior sites like Glassdoor and Indeed? I mean, is it is it even worth putting a lot of money and energy into your corporate site when people are probably just going to go look for the real nitty gritty on uh, external sites? I think it absolutely matters. When we took a look at uh, the data within this research, it, it had shown that um, employer reviews is, are the most important bit of content, but that's followed uh, by the content on the corporate website itself and the company materials, whether that's publications or products or what have you. Um, and actually, even to that end, when candidates are doing research, they're looking at social media sites, um, but sites like Glassdoor were actually number three. Uh, LinkedIn right. and Facebook were number two, uh, number one and number two, uh, specifically for social sites. So. When we start talking about the candidate experience, we're talking about reviews. I mean, there's all these different ways that we have to engage, be transparent with, with customers. I'm gonna start saying it with customers, right? Um, what You're about confuse the engagement, <laughs> the outreach, the ability to actually have conversations with them? Um, our next, obviously, is, is a sponsor of this podcast. Um, and we just did a, a webinar about text to hire and being able to actually reach out via text. And the, the average open rate was, I mean, it blew me away. It's like over 97%. It is 97%. <laughs> so, I mean. At, and 15% reply within an hour of getting that, uh, that message. So, again, if you're looking to just from a recruiter standpoint, from a talent acquisition standpoint, have those one-on-one conversations with top talent, with customers, right? Instant communication, it, it's what we do every day anyway, right? It's simple, it's smart, it's easy. Not to mention there's a desktop application that your recruiters can use. Um, you guys can go out to next.com. Two X's. Two X's, N-E-X-X-T.com. Don't triple exit. I'm slash, glad you said it. Slash Chad and Cheese 25. Joel, shut up. I'm trying to get the URL in here. Next. Chad, I'm texting right now. Com slash Chad and, spell out the and, A-N-D, Cheese 25. There we go. Good stuff. But again, that's, that's a good piece of, of uh, engagement that we have to focus on uh, is how do we reach out and, and touch uh, these these consumers, these customers. Susan, Susan said she would actually say something nice about Next because they're a trusted ISIMS partner. No. They are indeed. Yes, yeah. I like Next quite Boom. a bit. 
Um, and they're a great partner. We have about uh, a couple hundred partners in our marketplace and Next being one of them uh, because frankly things have gotten so complex within recruiting uh, through the way you talk to them on text or otherwise to how you advertise those jobs to how you screen applicants that we have an entire ecosystem of partners that we integrate with make that a little easier. That is pretty can, cool. Can, can, we, can we take a left turn real quick? No. Because the, the whole, the, like the ecosystem, the app stuff that you, that you mentioned, Susan, to me is really interesting. And we had, uh, we had Howie Schwartz on Firing Squad this week uh, from Crowded. Refresh. And his, his opinion is, so, so he has his product and uh, Lever, a, a competitor of yours, has a similar sort of dig up the grave of past candidates product. Mm-hmm. And Howie's opinion is, ATSs will not, in the future, successful ones, won't make it themselves because they don't have the bandwidth, the development power, et cetera, that it's the ecosystem and the app store that's going to power innovation uh, with the ATS market. Can you talk about that? Do you agree with it? Not so much. Um, What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I do. I think um, that's why we don't think an ATS is enough. Um, To be totally honest, back in 2012, we saw a ton of consolidation in the market. I mean, you guys were around for that, where um, talent management providers and ERPs were gobbling up recruiting providers. Uh, And at that time, everybody was saying, you need to be able to do everything in talent management. And at that time, even ISIMS had started building out technology to support what we called post-hire. Um, And right around that time, very shortly thereafter, despite some success, we said, we have to double down on recruiting or we're not Mm -hmm. gonna be very good at it. Um, But if you just have an ATS module, absolutely that's not enough. Um, I think Madeline Lerano just put out some research uh, a few days ago that said that almost verbatim. Um, So I don't really consider ISIMS an ATS provider uh, in and of itself. We really look at an entire talent acquisition uh, ecosystem and, and try to be the unified hub for all of that. Some of that so can, is through our own products and some through an ecosystem. So it's choice. You're looking it's at a platform, choice, right? Yeah, well. 1,000%. I, I don't think anybody who provides a technology platform that has to worry about globalization, scale, security, compliance, configurability mm-hmm. is also going to be bleeding edge on everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be almost impossible. So allowing customers to choose uh, those different spokes of that hub uh, and centralize all of that with a provider they really trust, with a great uh, reputation, et cetera, is really what we're all about. But if one provider doesn't work and you want to swap someone else in, um, absolutely, that's, that's part of the flexibility that a provider like iSIMS is, is here for. Chad, I, I, th- I think we got Susan on the record saying Lever sucks. That yeah, is no, not at all true, and I'm sick of your crap. So she's she thinks Microsoft sucks, yep. and now Lever. Jeez, yeah. no, Susan. I think I have actual tweets where she says at least some of that stuff. Um, Can you clear that up real quickly, are Susan? In the Real Housewives of New Jersey in trying to stir up drama uh, because I actually think very highly of Lever, uh, and I actually think extremely highly of Microsoft because they're a client of ours, and I'm really proud of the fact that they are. Uh, Bridgegate, Bridgegate. Okay, so. <laughs> so as moving we're on. About, a sad day for you that this is this is the entertainment you have is trying to get me what? to be your pawn. Not never. <laughs> that would never be. It's just fun. Moving on. Fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, we're talking about social. We're talking about social. You guys had some, right. some great surveys on the on the social side of the house, right? Social on the mobile side. We do, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing now. Um, yeah, so we, the, the research also extended to social, to mobile. Um, I think especially as we see, uh, you know, what, what things Google brings to the market, mobile becomes that much more important uh, because people start with searches. Um, and so we're really proud of the work that we're doing with Google as it relates to uh, searching on career sites, et cetera. But essentially, what did we see? Um, why is mobile important? For one thing, 70% uh, of the workers that we surveyed have looked for a new job while they're on the clock. Yeah. That's actually 83% when it's uh, millennials. Oh, yeah. yeah. Susan, what are you seeing in terms of the importance of uh, search engines like Google? Are, are they... Are they is it more traffic coming through less about the same because with more social stuff and more tools um i think the the opinion might be that google is less important what what are you guys seeing in terms of in, inbound traffic because i know you guys are also partnered with uh, the google for jobs initiative so you guys are probably seeing some really interesting data in terms of what google's delivering we are so we're really proud to uh to be able to work with google on two different sides of the initiative on the search side as well as um, the google for jobs initiative so uh, following the launch uh, we did see a bit of a redistribution of traffic uh certainly more coming in from google and a drop off uh, from sources other than google i do think it'll take some time to normalize and see if that really sticks or if that was just a bit of a um, a bump, but I'd be really surprised if uh, it didn't remain in that distribution. Uh, so we think it's fantastic. I think there are a lot of middlemen who were able to make a lot of money for a period of time, um, and and it's not necessarily the oh, best. Oh, now you're going after the middlemen. Okay. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> so so okay. No, we're talking about the two components, and I think this is. This is a great conversation. We're talking about the API, right? Talking about the job search and the API and um, seeing ISIM start to utilize Google search within your platform. Tell me, how's that going? How's it received? Are clients like just ecstatic? What, what's going on with that? Yeah, so uh, at the end of September, uh, we announced our participation in Google's Cloud Jobs API program. Mm -hmm. So we are the first provider in recruitment software invited to participate, which we thought was fantastic. Uh, they had cited that it was really around ISIM's innovation in the space, our attention to uh, recruiting specifically and our scale. Um, and so customers are really excited. I think that employers in general are excited, but still need a lot more information. Uh, so we're looking to introduce some search technology to our career sites for candidates, um, as well as a couple of other things that are still being examined really at this point to work with Google. Uh, so I think it's a fantastic opportunity. It's something that we would likely allow as uh, an option. Not everybody would necessarily uh, want it. So we like to give choices, and, and that's the intention. I, I like the choices. I just don't know why, other than pers uh, perspective upcharge, right, because there are API calls that are there. But I don't know why a client wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I don't want the best search engine. Yeah, I don't want the best search. I want the jalopy in the corner. It makes no sense to me, but choice is nice. Um, so back to the Google for Jobs side of the house. This is also incredibly exciting because we believe, we hope, that uh, Google will start to provide uh, more preference to jobs that are coming directly from corporate career sites. So jobs that you're yes. pumping in from iSIMS into Google for Jobs, we're hoping that they see those uh, and, and weight them as originals because that's what they are. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I think the, the original <laughs> source makes a lot of sense. 
Are, is that what you're seeing? Are you seeing any kind of clues to that happening at this point? Not necessarily, um, but I, I can't yet say if that's, um, if that's a waiting thing or otherwise, because we're seeing other recruiting software vendors not necessarily be prioritized who are not really doubling down in this arena. So I don't think it's that simple. Um, ISIM's actually built a team just for this. So it's mm -hmm. something we're really committed to. So our boosts might be more so around that than anything else. Yeah. I think for Google, it, it is simple from the standpoint of they're supposed to hate duplication, first off. Um, if I know that company ABC is coming from iSIMS, that is specifically jobs that are coming from you know their applicant track system, from their system of record, um, anything else that has that company's name on it automatically gets batted away because it's a duplicate or it's old or it's spam, right? So I wouldn't make any excuses for Google. They, they better tighten their shit up. Hey, Susan, uh, Facebook also getting into the game. You know, they recently partnered with the likes of ZipRecruiter, JobScore, a few others. Are you guys doing anything with them that you can talk about? What are your thoughts about sort of, hey, you post your job on iSIMS, we're going to automatically, you know, put it onto Facebook? Are clients asking for that? What are your sort of Facebook thoughts? Um, we're in conversations with Facebook now. There's not too much I can share at this point, but overall, I'm supportive. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense industry-wide. Uh, to be honest, we originally got a lot of the Facebook questions right around 2011, uh, 2012, um, and we were able to address that through an acquisition ISIMS made, a company called Job Magic at the time. Um, this is obviously a bit of a different initiative, so I wouldn't say the overall industry is well-versed enough to know to ask for it, but it makes a heck of a lot of sense as far as I'm concerned, so I'm supportive. So it's your sense that more and more ATSs will be partnering with Facebook to sort of distribute jobs onto their platform? It makes sense. Uh, it would be, um, for reasons that I'm not yet aware of, why somebody wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, so getting rid of those middlemen. So when, when is the Snapchat job distribution happening? <laughs> All three of us love Snap. Yeah, well, you know what? After one of, um, one of our conversations when we have been talking about Snapchat, I think Chad had mentioned taking a picture of a resume and being able to upload it. Uh, so a, a step away from Snap, but not that far. Uh, and actually, ISIM supports that. So uh, we're able to do that today, which I think is great. Uh, but overall, Snap, I'm not sure yet. Told you, Joel. Told you ISIMs would be on that shit. Well, again, Peace. we're not bleeding edge, um, and I'm in that subgroup of millennials, so maybe it's just my point of view. Oh, um, now you're a subgroup of millennials. Okay. Apparently, yeah. apparently they, they can't sell enough spectacles, so they're going on deep, <laughs> deep discounts. So everybody's going to be snapping on their, their glasses real soon. Yeah. <laughs> just wait. Horrible. All right, let's get back to the survey. What, what else do you want to highlight on that, Susan? Um, the other piece, I guess, worth noting here is around referrals, which we've obviously talked about before, but um, about 20% of those that we talked with said that they were dissatisfied with the employee referral program. Um, so I, I, I do think employee referrals aren't going away. Uh, we've never really seen that fade, uh, so that's worth noting, too. Do we know what Do you have part? any good examples of good solutions for that? Because... You know, Chad and I, and probably you as well, have seen these guys, Jobster, H3, um, even Indeed now with their uh, crowd, whatever product. I mean, why? 
it seems totally logical that you should have like, hey, share this job with your network, and if someone applies and gets a job, we'll pay you $5,000. Why doesn't that model work? I think for a few reasons. One is that people don't always know what their uh, network can do and if they're a good fit for the job or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless they actually work with someone who did that job before, it's really hard to know that my friend from middle school is good for this job uh, that I'm connected with on some other social site. Uh, so I think that's part of the problem. The other is that it's still a pain in the ass to submit employee referrals through most mm-hmm. r- recruiting technology and, and process. Um, everyone wants referrals, but they don't necessarily put the process and systems in place to make it easy for the actual people who, who need to go through it. And then the final piece is that sometimes when you submit referrals, the, pro- the process and experience for those candidates is really crappy, and they don't want to put their, their friends through that. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention, we call this the friends of Bob uh, issue, where we're talking about trying to create diversity and diverse talent pools. Yep. Well, if you're continually hiring Bob and Bob's friends, they're more than likely going to look like Bob or Brenda, right? So it's it doesn't it doesn't quite provide the the diversity that you're going to want from an organization. Yeah, it, it works. It, it does if you does have work. a diverse employee population and they all participate equally. If you yeah, have you know, if you over-index on Bob, then... When does that then, ever yeah. happen? Yeah. Right. When does that ever happen? Trust no, me, you, you, don't, you don't want a company of chads, that's for sure. <laughs> hanging chad, pregnant chad. Yeah, oh, God. Did you just say hanging chad? Oh, yeah. my God. What's that safe word again? <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Okay. <clears throat> so... We're about How about them uh, Jets? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch. <laughs> That's all right. That's a good idea. <laughs> she has her handlers watch the game for her. No, if it's not HGTV or the Golden Girls, it's probably not on in my house. Well, we know you watched the Housewives of New Jersey because you made a reference. <laughs> I to it. I don't watch it, but I feel like Chad is one of them. Don't pretend like you stay at home and, and read read books by candlelight. Oh, that was good. I like that. Chad, we have to think of what your line would be when you turn around at the camera and they all have some saucy line. I was going to say, I've never seen that before, but yeah, maybe I can work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Chad has all kinds of saucy lines like hanging Chad. Lord. Pregnant Chad. You forgot that one. Pregnant (laughs) Chad. Uh, (laughs) We could talk about AI and automation. That's a popular topic. Yeah, coming off HR Tech, I think uh, if someone drank every time they heard AI, they'd be hammered nonstop. Oh, that's a hell of a game. So we we had the CEO of uh, Text Recruit say that there are only like four or five actual AI companies, Google, Microsoft, et cetera, and that everyone else is just a decision tree. Um, Is that your consensus, or do you believe that all these AI companies are legit? Uh, I actually... Probably lean in support of that. And I love those guys. They're another partner of ours. And I like that Eric is from New Jersey as well, just bringing up full circle for us. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of AI is BS, truthfully. Now that's a quote we can use. Yeah, there you go. go. That is a quote we can use. And she's behind it, too. Um, I don't know. What else you want to talk about, Susan? Anything? Well... No, I mean, I I think AI is a legit topic. I think it's worth talking about. Um, I do think that there's a lot of value in AI as it relates to um, automation of process. I think for what a lot of users think it could be in terms of 
show me the right candidate and let's just mm-hmm. completely automate that. That is dangerous territory and it's one that I wouldn't necessarily get behind. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what people really want to see at these shows. Um, so some of the ranking and that kind of stuff, I'm not a huge fan of. I think there are some compliance concerns that are mm-hmm. less sexy but still important. Yeah. But in terms of leveraging AI for areas like you know, chat bots on career sites and that kind of thing, I'm all over that. I think that's terrific. So what's your favorite? There's so many quote unquote AI types of organizations that are out there and you don't have to name the product itself, but what's your, what's your favorite? Is it engagement through chat bots? Is it, is it, you know, reviving the dead with uh, some of the, some of the AI and machine learning that's out there with uh, old candidates that are in, in the applicant tracking system already? I mean, what's your favorite? You know, I, I like the idea of reviving the dead, but I don't necessarily think AI has to do it. And I think then some privacy concerns come into play of, of the candidate and wanting you to know that they're ripe or not. Um, I do I do think it's safer when we're looking at AI for things like search and, and chatbots and, and that kind of thing. I think there's true use there and it doesn't feel scary to me. Are you are you following the uh, Q LinkedIn case? Uh, yeah, just a little. <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Where do, where do you side on that uh, debate? You know, for a long time, ISIMS felt like we were in a bit of a David and Goliath uh, war, just uh, not against LinkedIn, but against someone else. And uh, so in general, I'm usually a fan of the underdog. Um, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Fair enough. I got nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, it's fair, and I think we've we've all talked about the uh, high Q David and Goliath kind of thing uh, from plenty of pods here. So yeah, uh, we know where only... you stand on the issue, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> just just a little. I think the the one piece I think worth noting here is that um, the the battle shouldn't between should not be between provider and provider on whose data it is, because he who has the data wins the war. It's candidate data, and there are true candidate privacy concerns and consent that absolutely needs to take place in a lot of what some of these big companies want to do, um, social networks as well as others, with candidate data, that the candidates need to have a voice in this and are often excluded from the conversation. Well, okay, so let's talk about the LinkedIn partner program with some of the applicant tracking systems, because from what I've heard from Little Birdies is that there's the prospect of trading candidates back and forth. So what I can say is ISIMS is not named on that partner program today, uh, Mm -hmm. and it's because sharing candidate data that is not someone else's is not something that we're comfortable with. And frankly, I don't think any technology provider should be comfortable with, or employer really probably knows what is going back and forth. So for the benefit of something like seeing which candidates in your ATS live in LinkedIn and vice versa, that seems like a pretty small benefit to give up in the right of candidate privacy. Uh, And I think it's a really important topic that people have not flushed out. They don't know what exactly some of these big providers actually want to do with that candidate data for things that extend beyond candidates who applied from LinkedIn. Uh, I think there's there's some, it's a it's a prickly path, and I don't think a lot of employers have done their homework on that one yet. And I think regulation, once again, is not caught up to this. Well, you know, we're, we have GDPR right around the corner, and uh, while that might be European-based, we should mm-hmm. be taking some cues of that, that candidates should absolutely say, yeah, I'm okay with this massive company essentially creating a card on me on when I might be interested in 
quitting a job, when I might be interested in looking for another, why I was rejected from a job, the interviewer, the notes. Um, yeah, this is a lot of data that is really not not to be traded uh, outside no. of walls that I don't think employers have asked enough questions about. No. Yeah. Thank God for Facebook's closed ecosystem. Oh, That's where I'm putting my resume. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm spent. Susan, thanks for joining us. We have wasted way too much of your time. We really, really appreciate you being a guest on the show. Thanks for I'm listening, so and thanks for here. being here. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks, Susan. Uh, again, she's with iSIMS. That's I-C-I-M-S dot com to learn more. Um, it, it, through social networking, Susan, you want us to, do you want to share your LinkedIn profile or your Twitter feed? Your yeah, Twitter handle? Yeah, uh, it's Susan underscore Vitale, V-I-T-A-L-E, uh, and Isims, as you spelled out, I-C-I-M-S. There you go. We out. We out. We out. Oh, wait a minute, guys. Before you leave, we need to jump into some some numbers quickly, almost like a reprisal around candidate experience and, and engagement. Uh, because engagement-wise, text has an average of 97% of an open rate. And let's face it, phone calls and emails can't give companies and talent acquisition leaders that kind of penetration or engagement. That's why Chad and Cheese are big proponents of Next's text-to-hire platform. That's right, talent acquisition. All of your recruiters can now be in the same system, and text-to-hire can help you and your company have more one-on-one conversations with candidates you want to reach, Instant communication puts you in front of the right people fast and a smart, simple interface to easily manage and track your campaigns, which is what you're going to need with all those texts flying around. So you can try your first text to hire campaign from Next for 25% off. It's a holiday gift from Chad and Joel. Uh, Just go to next.com, that's N-E-X-X-T dot com slash Chad and cheese 25 that's next.com slash chad and cheese 25 okay now we're out this has been the chad and cheese podcast be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show and check out our sponsors because they make it all possible for more visit hiredaily.com oh and you're welcome Thanks to our partners at TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Remember to visit tatech.org. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.